This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing me and Java Chapman. And our phone greeter today is the esteemed Kevin Farrell. We're going to be talking about gardening. If you want to give us a call, it is toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring Java, good morning, sir. Good morning, Phil. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I've been eating crow all week, though. What what you do, man? <laughs> what did you do? And I'd like to find out where eating crow comes from. Well, first of all, last week people uh, were, you know, we were asking about a, a, a certain a bodoc, Osage Orange, and I got so many people emailing me things about here's all the things that tree can be used for. More than just fence posts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, live and learn. But also, a fellow called last week, and uh, he wanted to know about a white rose blooming along the roadside. He had little pink buds and lots of little white flowers and growing all on the roadside. I said, nope, can't happen. Ain't nothing like that out there. Uh-oh. You heard me say that, plain as day. I said, nope. <laughs> you know, it might have been the pink. That, he said, no, it was little pink buds and white flowers everywhere. Well, long story short, I went up to Memphis this past weekend to visit Botanic Garden and Lichterman Nature Center and uh, Dixon uh, Art Gallery and the beautiful gardens. Fantastic. Worth a trip. And that thing was all over everywhere. Wow. <laughs> a rose. It was like a rambling rose. Lots and lots of little small blackberry-type white flowers and t- pretty little pink buds. And all along the roadside. Well, no. I, I, I saw it in, in natural areas. Come to okay. find out, you know, I took a picture and I Googled it. And come to find out, it, it's, it is common as muck everywhere except in my brain. <laughs> So we we need to have a, if not a weekly, a, certainly a regular Felder eats crow type thing. Yeah, well, I know. Well, I mean, you just, I guess it just is not I'm, in your, it's not in your purview. It's not. Yeah, but I always can, I, around. You. I can be a little, I can be a little uh, assertive when I know something, <laughs> and I can be assertive when I don't know something. Well, if I don't know something, and I think I do, and I find out I'm wrong, I will be assertive. It's called Rosa multiflora. Multiflora rose, and it's common as muck. And now I know all about it. There so you give go. me a call if you want to call to talk about Rosa Multiflora. I'm on board with that thing. See so now, yeah, now you're in the know. You are out of the loop. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I don't, I don't mind learning stuff at all. You know, I can be a little forthright or direct. You know, abrupt. I guess. And yeah. it's not. I'm not trying to be mean. It's just you know when people say what I do for my lawn, I'm gonna say mo high. Don't you ever listen to me? I say mo high every week. And I forget, maybe they haven't heard that before. And this is product I've been meaning to ask you about. It. I don't know if you've seen the commercials, and I hate to, I guess, throw the name out there. Sunday, um, it's some kind of lawn care thing. I'm, I have to pick your brain about it. See, see what you feel about. It. They, it's like a subscription service. They send it every uh, week, and you just basically spray it on your lawn. Yeah, and, nah, 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 gimmick, gimmick. You uh, know, you ride around old part of town. Cemeteries, churches, schoolyards—they got great-looking grass, and all they do is they just mow high. Yeah, you know. But if people, you know, and I remember well, what about I, the what about the nutrients? And, yeah, and, it's it's good. You know, they, the the MSU, Mississippi State, and LSU, and Texas, and Florida, and all the other southern states—they say you really ought to fertilize your grass once, maybe twice a year. You ought to water it every week or two, and you need to mow at a certain height. 
Okay, and that's based on what's best for the grass. But if I were to say you need to water your grass every week and fertilize twice a year, M- M- Mamie's going to reach over and turn the radio off because she know that's that's stupid. <laughs> she, they don't do nothing at the church, and the grass looks fine. So the truth is somewhere in between. Yeah. Okay. You know, so what I do is I break it down and say, what's the single most important thing? That's to mow high. Second thing is if you could water it once a month. If we go without rain, that helps the grass replace itself. And if we could throw a little little fertilizer out there, fertilizer recycles in the grass clippings. If you fertilize every three, two or three or four or five years, that's enough. Okay. And it's more than Aunt Mamie does, and her yard looks fine. So, uh, you know, I tend to break it down. The scientists say this, and if I stick with that, I'm going to lose Aunt Mamie's interest. If I say you don't ever have to do anything, the scientist is going to call me an idiot. <laughs> So what I'm going to say is fertilize every few years, mow high. If it doesn't rain, you're not going to water it, but you ought to. Down the middle, Felder. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we try, try to strike a balance between, between what's in our interest and what's in the law's interest. So anyway, when people call me up and they've got questions, they've got problems stickers in their yard. Stickers, to me, are a symptom of a real thin lawn. So you can, you can spray stickers all day long, but it's like mosquitoes. They're going to come back until back, you yeah. fix the problem. Stickers are the symptom. So if you don't want stickers, mow high. <laughs> Andy, I don't know where we got off on this job. Uh, well, we got phone calls now. We do. Well, before we do that, let me mention uh, this. Saw first magnolia flowers this week. Oh. In, in April. I used to say eh, May, June, something like that. Magnolia, our state flower, our state tree, our state flag is starting to bloom right now. And also, I forgot to mention last week, to remind folks that there's a really there's plant sales all over the place. I mean, every place is having plant sales. But one of the biggest in the state is at uh, Minel Gardens in Jackson, not far from, from your, your yeah. place. Mm-hmm. It's on Saturday, Saturday the 30th. That's tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> or today, if you're listening on Saturday. Anyway, it starts about 8 or so, and they've got lots of weird plants that they grew themselves, really good plants from their own yards. And then also, we're doing a special thing at the, uh, is it the Jackson Home Show? Yes. Yeah, is, Jackson- is that the name of it? It's the Jackson Home Show um, at the Clyde Muse Center in Pearl, which is the Heinz Community College campus, the Rankin campus. Yeah, now this is a big deal. Yeah, no, this is a big deal. They use um, um, have it at the Trademark Center um, on the fairgrounds, but this year they're at the Clyde Muse Center, beautiful facility. They're going to have music and food, and uh, Fix It 101 is going to be there. Just think about any home improvement, any gardening uh, things all, under, all the, sorts under of dis- the sun. Not just vendors, but displays and ideas and things like that. Yeah, but, a great place to get inspiration. Well, Fix It 101 is broadcasting live from there. Yeah, tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock. Okay, and I'm going to be there. Yeah, you're And my pickup truck. My pickup truck, matter of fact, I watered it this morning, so everything will look all perky tomorrow. <laughs> but but uh, I'm going to be there, and I'm actually giving a talk. They've got a, an auditorium inside the, the Muse. The Clyde, Clyde Muse was the president of... Heinz Community College for a long time. And they got a real nice auditorium where we're going to be broadcasting. And then I'm going to be giving a, a talk there talk, starting at 1030. Yep, that's right. So if you're not sure where it is, you take the airport exit off the interstate, like you go into the airport, and the very first left. There you go. Make if, that left. If you go to the red light, 
you went a block too far. Uh-oh. And it's right by the Ramada Inn. So get the airport, and if you go to the red light, turn around and come back to the next thing. That's the first left. And you just saw it, it's like it's not the frontage road, but, you know, the Mew Center is up against the interstate. You yeah. know, it's easy to get to airport exit. Take the first left. If you went to the red light, you went one block too far. And, uh, and, and it's going to be free. Well, no, it's not free. Um, to it, it is, it is a, a ticket attached to Ooh. it. Yeah, Ooh. but it's a big, it's a big deal. So. Okay, okay, <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, well, I, I, I will be, I will be holding forth freely in my talk <laughs> at ten ten thirty. But if you want to see my pickup truck with all the stuff and uh, and meet the Fix It One Hundred One folks and all that, it's going to be Saturday. Uh, Fix It One Hundred One nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. My program's going to start at ten thirty. There you go. And I've got some stuff to show off. <laughs> Believe me. Anyway, we, we we've been trying to take care of business, but what we're here for is to talk to Jennifer. She's calling from down in Jefferson, Louisiana. Hey, Jennifer. Good morning. Hey, Felder. Good morning. Thanks How for holding. I'm fine. Thank you for holding. Oh, you're welcome. I had a couple of things this morning. I was listening last week, and Mr. Rosenblatt called in to tell you that he ran into somebody from the New Orleans area over at Greenwood Cemetery. Yeah, yep. Who was there because she listens to you, and that person was me. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry I missed you. (laughs) And I just wanted to say that it's just as lovely as, as you described, and I was glad I went. The roses were in bloom. And I'd like to go back sometime when I have a little bit more time to stay. But um, it's an amazing little thing, you know. We started planting those back in the '90s, I guess, and uh, just wanted to show that you can grow America's floral emblem in a cemetery with no water, nothing. They get pruned every two or three or four years, but there's some pretty stunning roses there. Absolutely, absolutely. But I did have a question for you, um, and it has to do with blueberries. Mm-hmm. Um, here in our area, uh, along the river, we have very alkaline soil, and um, everyone always says that it's difficult to grow blueberries in alkaline soil. Um, but I've always wanted to, to have some in the yard, and I just wanted to see what you thought about that and if you had any suggestions as to yeah, success. Yeah, uh, not many. You know, people want to know what grows in acid, what grows in alkaline. The truth is, there's only a handful of plants that really matter, and blueberries are one of them. They really like an acidic soil, but you can do that by digging an extra wide hole. If you can put your arms around it, it ain't big enough. You know, a nice size hole with your native dirt, no matter what it is, and then add some real Canadian peat moss. It comes in bales. It's kind of a fluffy, medium reddish brown color, but it's Canadian peat moss. And the reason I'm recommending it is because it lasts a long time. It's acidic, and that's what blueberries naturally grow in, those kind of conditions. So just mix some peat moss, like a couple of hands full of crackers to a bowl of chili. You got the idea how much to mix with your dirt. Okay. And then right. be be sure to loosen the roots up, uh, uh, and then if you'll cover it with some real tree leaves, you know, mulch with real tree leaves, they break down quickly, and worms come up and eat them and circulate them down around the roots, and they dig dirt for you around those roots. So plant them pretty good, mulch with real tree leaves, and they should do fine. Okay. And do you need more than one variety? I've also heard that. You don't, but they'll. But if you have one variety, it'll make okay. If you have two different varieties, they will each make better. Okay. So okay. What, I, what I did, uh, uh, Jennifer, I don't have room for a lot of stuff in my little garden. So I dug a, a hole that was probably about as big as, 
I, I guess, a, probably four feet across, you know, kind of a roughly circular area. I had a bunch of peat moss, and I put five different blueberries in the same hole, four around the sides and one in the middle, and they're growing together as one big bush. And wow. they and they don't, so it's just like a, a party. So, I, you know, I get blueberries for like six or seven weeks, whereas okay. a regular blueberry is just going to produce for a couple of weeks. Right. Great idea. Okay. Well, so, thank you so much. I'm going to give it a try. You know, and, and if you have an area, you don't want to dig a whole bunch of holes, Jennifer. Dig one big hole. Put two or three or four different kinds in there. Put your little a bird bath in the middle there. Make it a little scene with blueberry, yep. like a little like a little group of blueberries, and they're pretty beautiful fall colors. And I can share the the berries with the birds. Well, I, I, I it, what I do with mine, when the new growth comes out in the spring, I snip the tips off of it. So instead of getting two, three feet long, it branches out. So I get a bushier bush, and then you can just throw some bird netting over it. Okay. And you can reach all the berries. Right. Okay. Well, great. Well, I'm going to give that a try. Thank you so much for the advice. All right. Appreciate you giving a shout out to Jim Rosenblatt. Okay, let's go now to Ridgeland. Ardell, sup? Sup? Hey, Felder. Howdy. Um, howdy. Back to grass, and I jumped on late, so maybe you haven't covered this, but um, I have St. Augustine, and it's really bad, and I've heard you say fertilize, and so two questions. Should I get fertilized specific to that grass, or can I use triple eight, triple ten? Okay, I, I will. I, okay, let me answer that first. I will never recommend agriculture fertilizers for lawns. A lot of people do it because that's what ain't that's what Daddy did. It's not good. The type of nitrogen in triple eight, triple thirteen, it's called ammonium nitrate. It's real strong. It's real fast, and it's very temporary. It's better to go in and spend a little extra money and get a good quality lawn food that has a type of fertilizer that lasts for months and then recycles itself. So for St. Augustine or Centipede, I would recommend the stuff they sell at garden centers called Centipede Food. First and third number will be, be the same, zero middle number, but it's got a nice, long, slow, gentle, steady recycling type of fertilizer. Garden fertilizer way too harsh. Uh, okay, I'm writing this down. Cent- just just say centipede, centipede food every two or three years. Two, three years. Okay. And then my question, the next question is, I have some really sparse areas. Is there any reason why I could take my, couldn't take my tiller and just rough up the soil, not tear it up, and then just broadcast seed and water it? Well, you could, but you can't get St. Saint- Augustine doesn't come from seed. Oh, well, can I mix centipede with it? Sure. Yeah, you can. Here's the deal with centipede, though. Centipede seed takes about three weeks just to sprout. So you need to put it in that area. Put your little sprinkler out there and turn it on for maybe five minutes every day or two. Just wet the area down so those seeds aren't rattling around on top of the clay. All you got to do is wet them down. And when they start, when they sprout and start to grow, you don't have to water as, as often. Just try to keep the seeds from drying out. It takes about three weeks. Okay. Fabulous. Thank you. Oh, I'm going to give you another tip, whether you like it or not. If you don't mow, if you don't mow high, don't ever call me back again. 
because that's what it. That's if you. I don't care how much water and fertilizer. If you don't mow high, your Saint Augustine centipede is simply going to peter out. It needs long leaf blades to get the energy to reproduce itself, not to stay green, but to spread and reproduce itself. Needs energy, and that comes from leaves. And both of those grow on top of the ground. Not like Bermuda grass. So mow high, maybe fertilize, maybe water. That's the, that's the ticket. Thank you very much. Okay, appreciate it. Bye. Okay, Java. That, that was that was, that was that a little harsh. Yeah, a little harsh. <laughs> I think Ardell was thrown aback because she was like, "Oh wow, like no, I, never I, call back again." I'm, I'm t- well, not about that. I mean, I'm I I don't. It doesn't matter to me what people do or don't do, but from the and I'm the grasses side. I'm on the grasses side. If you keep cutting it down and cutting it down, it's like keeping a dog in a little box. You know, dog needs to get out and run. Grass needs to get sunshine. It comes from leaves. So anyway, bottom line. <laughs> Matter of fact, on my tombstone, it was a Felder Mohai rushing. We're going to get some brand. We're going to get some branding out of this Mohai. Mohai. There you go. Mohai. Anyway, we're going to be uh, taking a quick break. Hope to see some of y'all down at the Clyde Muse Center on Saturday. Uh, live broadcast at 9 with the Fix It 101, and then I'm going to be giving a talk at 1030. Take the first left off the interstate going towards the airport, and it'll take you right there. We'll be back with more the Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. All right, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. I think I scared everybody off by getting a little aggressive there about mowing high. But anyway, uh, if you're going to the Clyde Muse Center, which is sort of the auditorium complex for Hines Community College in Pearl, you can get there from Highway 80. Just follow the signs. Uh, but if you – the airport road – you know, the one that goes from Highway 80 to the interstate, it's the exit. I mean, it's the it, before you get to the interstate. It's close to the interstate. And they're going to have all sorts of signs and balloons and stuff like that. So don't worry about all that. Uh, we'd like to give a shout out to Cleveland, Mississippi. Uh, last week I heard that they were having a, a like a, a festival there. Drove up. It okay. was nice. It was nice. Had had music, had vendors, had food, had me some tamales. But then I slid on up the road to Clarksdale. They had their big blues festival. Yeah, um, wow. I mean, it was just team. Every, juke joint festival. A juke joint festival. Yeah, there we go. They had they had uh, uh, blues uh, singers and bands every block. There you go. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. And, yeah. It was. A, have you ever been to that up there? I haven't, but we've talked about him here on the station a, a number of times. And he was on the uh, organizer was on Next Stop Mississippi last week. And yeah. that's what exactly what he was explaining to people. Like when you come, it's not so much as having to go to this specific no, venue. You just or walk up and down the just three, or four, three or four streets, <laughs> and and they're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And crowds, people bring chairs. They 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 sit on benches, and you know Clarksdale. They you know they fixed up that little place. Yeah, you know, and even the a couple of old burned out places, <laughs> are, like they they've got to know the Roxy Theater. 
it's been burned out for a long time. But you go in there and they got it as open air theater back there. Ah. It's incredible. It's really incredible. So anyway, I had a good time. And also enjoy going to the Memphis Botanic Garden, which is a lot of people, you know, they get put off by the word botanic garden like it's going to be something fancy. This has fancy places, but it's a terrific place to take kids. They have so many different little little things for kids to do, fun thing, interesting things, and a children's garden that has recycled containers, which I thought was kind of cool. But anyway, right across the street from the Memphis Botanic Garden is the Dixon Art Gallery. They've got one of the most uh, interesting woodland gardens in the South. It's really, really nice. So they're right across the street from each other. And uh, so anyway, uh, let's go to, I think, Biloxi and talk to Mayland. Is that, is that you, Malin? Yes. Good morning. Good morning. What's up? Okay. Got two questions. Uh, I've got some big agaves. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got them, they had little white bumps all over them. They're raised up about a, oh, a sixteenth of an inch, and they're about an eighth of an inch in diameter. And can you scratch them off? Uh I hadn't tried yet, but, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, it could be a type of scale insect. I, I grow, uh, I guess, maybe five different kinds of agaves, including the big one. And I and, and I, I mean, I, and I, I take pictures of them everywhere, from Florida to South Carolina to, to, to southern Florida to all over Texas. I never, I've never seen scale insect on them. But if it's a bump that rubs off, it's going to be a type of scale insect. They, they crawl around when they're young. They attach themselves, lose their legs, cover themselves up with a little waxy covering, and sort of like permanent plant ticks. Uh, unfortunately, there's not much you can do on agave because the control for those things is to use a systemic insecticide, and those things haven't got the kind of systemic system to suck stuff up in the leaves. So uh, it, how does the plant look from a few feet away? Does it look bad or just when you notice it when you're up close? Uh, frankly, it looks bad. Hmm. Um, I'm going to say I'm stumped. If it's a scale insect, I don't know a good control for scale insect on succulents, on, on cactus-type plants, succulent-type plants. But I can do right. some quick research. So if you'll stick with us for next week, I've made a note to, to look it up and find out, not just for you, but in case it shows up on mine. Sure. sure. But it's, it's, if, now, if they scrape off easily, there's going to be some kind of scale insect. Right. Now, all these bumps are on the top side. None of them are underneath. Does that make a difference? Yeah, scale don't really care. You know, they're going to be on both sides. Okay. And so, you know, unless you can send me a really good, clear, close-up picture, I'm just going to I'm, I'm gonna have to do some research because I just don't know. There is a there's another condition that gets on cactus and succulents. Succulents and cactus both store water. It's called oedema. Uh, Odema is sort of like a water blister. If you get a whole lot of rain, a lot of times cactus and succulents will make just little water blisters because it can't throw the water off because they're not used to that. You know, the agave grows where it gets maybe 10 or 15 inches of rain a year. We get that in a sure. month. So if they if they if they don't scrape off or if they pop like a little blister, that's going to be a, a, a odema, which is like a water blister. Not much we can do about that. I'm making educated guesses here. Well, I've got a second question for you, if that's all right. Sure. Uh, What do you think about St. Augustine grass? And someone told me that you can't start it by seed. Well, that's true. I I like St. Augustine is is one of the top – 
it's one of the top three grasses in Mississippi. It grows great along the Gulf Coast. It'll even tolerate a lot of shade. If you get, if you see grass in a shady garden along the coast, that could be St. Augustine. Uh, but it doesn't come from seed. You have to. Uh, one of my first jobs uh, working for a horticulture back in the early 1970s in Corpus Christi, Texas, was rooting St. Augustine, taking little pieces and rooting them and grow plants to sell. And if it was an easier way, we'd have done it. So you got to get piece, you got pieces of the grass or hunks of sod, and go out there and plant them, and then uh, they'll run, and they'll you know they grass replaces itself every two or three weeks. So if you put a little piece out there today in a month, you can have a whole bunch of new ones, and then a month later they will have produced a whole bunch of new ones. That's the way it grows. Okay. Now, is there any particular soil acidity or base acidity that uh, they should have? Nope. What they want is to be mowed high. Mowed high. <laughs> That's right. If you don't mow high, if, if you don't, St. Augustine, you ride around the old cemeteries and schools and churches and older homes, and they got great looking grass because it's higher than most people want to mow it. Yeah, you're not old enough to remember shag carpet, but we're talking about shag carpet, not uh, not one of these things you find in an uh, uh, airport. Shag oh, carpet. Okay. I'm 75 years old. I remember okay. shag carpet. Well, St. Well, Augustine is the shag carpet of the of the lawnmower. If you cut it too close, it ain't going to yeah. be shag anymore. You can start seeing dog hairs down in it. Well, thank you very much. Okay. I appreciate, it. appreciate it, Malin. You bet. Dog hairs. <laughs> what if you? A, what I mean, you can start finding your old bobby pins and stuff. If you have you, you cut your shag carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it ain't gonna grow back. <laughs> and you got all these agave. You making tequila or something? No, the tequila is made from a, a big type of agave. But no, I grow them just because they're they're, they're scary. They're like monsters out there. <laughs> they're like monsters. Hey, let's let's slide back to Jackson and talk with Curry. Morning, Curry. How are you? Hey, how you doing, Phil? Thanks for taking my call. You bet, heck yeah. Uh, I've, I've talked with you before on here about the uh, the plant I call the uh, mother-in-law plant. Wait, the, call, okay, what did I call it? You call it the snake plant. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mother-in-law snake plant. Yep. So I, I kind of like that that snake deal. So I, I've been using snake plant ever since. But I have a question. Uh, how do the uh, mother-in-law name relate to snake? You know, I, this is the I, I'm I'm speechless. This is one of my favorite plants of all. I have maybe eighteen different kinds, including some that look like long curved carrots, some that look like beaver tails. I got all different kinds of that particular plant. And as long as I've been growing those things, call them snake plant or mother-in-law uh, tongue, I have no idea where where that comes from. Uh, I, no idea. Uh, it could be that it's, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to get in trouble. Mother-in-law, it ain't called mother-in-law plant, it's called mother-in-law tongue. Yeah, and and yeah. I think we're going to both get in trouble if we don't just let this go. <laughs> <laughs> But our, our curiosity was there. You know, it, it, it's so weird because all these years I've been growing these plants, one of my first ever, I, you know, my grandmother grew one in a bucket that she covered the bucket with used kitchen tinfoil because she thought it made everything prettier. But I've never 
I don't know why it's called mother-in-law tongue. Okay, well, I, I think you're going to leave that alone. Right okay. okay, Curry, appreciate it, man. Thanks for your call. Hey, thanks so much. Bye-bye. Whew, how'd I handle that one, Java? Very smartly. Very smartly. <laughs> oh, me. Uh, we're going to need to take a break in a second, but let's talk with Jerry and Jackson. Jerry, how are you, sir? Jesse. Jesse. Hey, Father, how are you doing this morning? I'm, I'm, I'm a little on the edge, a little, a little rough here. I'm scared I'm going to say something rude in a minute. But other than that, I'm doing okay. What's up? That's good. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, how well do pomegranates grow in Mississippi? Because I was wanting to see about trying to grow some in my garden. They grow pretty well, pretty well. There's a lot of different kinds, and they're hard to find. Uh, you know, there's a flowering pomegranate that just just more, and I, I love it. It's got a kind of a reddish orange flower. But there's several in my neighborhood in Jackson, and the people who have them don't ever pick them, so I pick them, and they're just big bushes. Uh, the the pro, and, and there there are some people. There's uh, uh, some home fruit experts. You know, they're guys who get together, men and women, who grow different kinds of unusual fruit. And there's one guy from Georgia who has like. A dozen different kinds of pomegranate that make different kinds of size fruit. It's just hard to find commercially, but th- th- they do find answer your question. All right. Well, that is what I need to know. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, go online and look for best producing varieties. And then if you want to shoot me an email, I can put you in touch with the with a guy from Georgia who uh, I, I I got a whole bunch of plants from him one time and grew some cuttings and gave them to a garden center called Hutto's, but they sold them all instead of keeping them to to make to root cuttings from. All right, I'll do that. I appreciate it. Okay, appreciate it. Okay, we got some callers on the line, but we need to take a break. And because I just got kind of excited, got you know springtime and coffee and flowers and fragrances and beauty and the bird singing and the antihistamines have got me a little agitated so we're going to take it down a notch we're going to play an easy song it's simply called the garden song the garden song listen to the words breathe in breathe out and we'll be back more more the gestalt gardener here on mississippi public broadcasting right after this By inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. And inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rains come tumbling down. Pulling weeds and picking stones Man is made of dreams and bones Feel the need to grow my own Cause the time is close at hand Grain for grain, sun and rain Find my way in nature's chain Tune my body and my brain To the music from the land Plant your rows straight and long 
Temper them with prayer and song. Mother Earth will make you strong if you give her love and care. And inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rains come tumbling down. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell rushing. Uh, me and Java and Kevin, the folks here at MPB, we appreciate y'all tuning in. Hope to see some of y'all uh, in Pearl on Saturday. Uh, Fix It 101 is broadcasting live from the stage in the auditorium at the Clyde Muse Center. Clyde Muse Center. It's in Pearl. Uh, and I'm going to be giving a talk from the same stage at 1030 Saturday morning. Um, so if you manage to get over to the Master Gardener uh, sale at Monel Garden, slide on over to the Muse Center. Take the airport exit and it's the first left go towards the airport the first left take you right to it or if you come from highway 80 just look for the balloons and the signs and stuff like that this will be a lot of fun uh would i also like to uh to mention if you are in the jackson area the first exit north of jackson is ridgeland as soon as you pull off the interstate on the east side, there's an incredible wildflower meadow that's taken care of. It's sponsored by the city of Ridgeland. they got children-type sculpture. It's just stunning, butterflies and all sorts of stuff. It's really, really cool. Right off the, I mean, talking about 50 yards off the interstate at the Ridgeland exit. It's wow. Now, let's talk with Kathleen. You've been hanging on for a long time. I really appreciate it. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for holding. What's up? Well, yesterday afternoon, I went and pulled some irises out of Grandma's garden before mm. the house was sold. Mm-hmm. Do I need to cut the foliage off before I find a new home for these? Well, you don't, but they're going to flop over pretty quick. I pulled some up because I was cleaning up part of my yard the, the other day, and I pulled some up, meant to replant them, and I didn't get around to it. And within two days, it flopped over. So just cut them in a fan shape, you know, sort of. You know, just sort of like if you're holding your hand up, say stop, don't go any further. Cut them in that kind of shape, and and they'll okay. do they'll do fine. Okay. And and they're kind of succulent. You don't have to replant them immediately, but when you do plant them, plant them where the top of that that rhizome is is sticking out of the dirt. You know, don't don't plant okay, them deep. That, that's the way they were when I found them. Yep, that's where they grow best. You know, with the top of that rhizome baking in the sun. I'd cut them in a little fan shape, and that'll keep them from wilting and flopping over when you plant them. Okay, thank you. Okay, appreciate it. Okay, and then I'll slide down to Mobile. Hey, it's Mikey. Hey, Mikey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, I want to say, first of all, that the coolest thing about being a gardener is that, you know, you have, especially if you've got plants like the, that you've had for a long time that came down from your grandmother, like your concrete chicken, but they ain't concrete, right? Right. Um, uh, uh, but... Uh, you got the plants, the actual plants, and um, you look at them and you think, I've been living with this thing for so many decades, I can't believe it, you know? And even better, you get to give some to some other people that, that are maybe saying the same thing about you someday, who knows? That's right, that's exactly <laughs> right. My my children have got figs from their great-great-grandmother's garden. Wow! Yeah, yeah, but I'm the one with the concrete chicken. <laughs> 
Well, you, you ain't going to keep it forever, Felder. I no, no. And I, 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 and I know my children are going to argue over who gets it. <laughs> anyway, that's a wonderful sentiment, Mikey. I appreciate that. Well, ours was a concrete swan, okay? Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I do have some gardening comments here. Um, uh, do you want me to rescue you from the mother-in-law's tongue thing or talk about the uh, scale on, on the succulents first? Oh, as long, as long as you're accurate, you go either way. I can tell you my experiences. Now, they're, they're accurate from my experiences. Um, uh, the aloe thing... Uh, I got scale on aloe after I put it, I rescued it, moved it with me after a hurricane, you know, right. down by waterfront, yeah. up into the hills, and put it in the same pots underneath an oak tree. And somehow it got scale, aloe. I mean, these were like, they right. were, had right. been in hanging pots, right. and so, they were huge, and they were gorgeous. So what'd you but, do about uh, it? I got scale on it, and uh, the only thing I could do was to um, take – I tried scraping it off. didn't work, you know, um, and uh, eventually I just uh, scraped off everything I could and took what I could save and put it in small bottles and move it inside. There you go. And continued to to do that, you know. Use a little alcohol on a a cotton swab, you know. Okay, cool. And that helped a lot. Uh, and but it took it took quite some time. It yeah, took, you, you get you, you got to you you pay attention. Your gardener, you know. Okay, I mean so, that's the way it is. So uh, so okay. what about the mother-in-law tongue? Uh, well, I know that you already know this, and I applaud you for um, not saying it. I figure it's easier for me to say it than you. That uh, uh, sensevera, right? Is that how you say it? Sensevera, yeah, right. Um, uh, I also one of the first plants that I ever got from my grandmother. Okay, back back to four. back to back to mother-in-law tongue. We got other callers. Back to mother-in-law tongue. And it is uh, the history of it is that it comes from Africa. Yeah, and it's called mother-in-law's tongue because there are uh, properties within it that are supposedly needle-like and will paralyze the tongue. Oh. And that's why it's called mother-in-law's tongue. Okay, well, that's wow. I appreciate that. Thank you so, and Mikey, thanks for the sentiment about the past lawn plants. Oh, thanks for everything. All righty. Well, appreciate <laughs> your call. See ya. Okay, now let's go to. Uh, looks like Horn Lake to David. David in Horn Lake. Uh, thank you for taking my call. You bet. Yeah. What's up? <clears throat> well, I got two spots that have been completely taken over by spider wart and it's called i think it's called surprise lily and i'd like to um get rid of some of the spider wart and uh get rid of some of the day lilies and put me a native plant pollinator garden in yeah that, uh, wait but one one critique it's got to be something that somebody that's severely lazy can do and don't have to do nothing else to it. I want a low maintenance. So well, help me out. I, I got one of the one of the, the the toughest, most durable native perennial plants you could put out there is called spiderwort. Well, I've got it. <laughs> but it but so it, but now what? I want to get a variety. Yeah, a variety. There's there's so many good. I I actually have a list of what I call landscape quality 
native plants. I don't just mean native plants, but things that you wouldn't, you don't plant them because they're native. You plant them because they're good, low maintenance, dependable plants. And there's a bunch of them. You know, in the fall, there's goldenrod, you know, which is spreads a little bit, but you just pull it up. It takes less trouble to pull up goldenrod the whole year than it takes to shave one time. So, you know, so that's a good one. But uh, if you'll notice all around the, the roadsides, not the part they mow, but up close to the fence row, there's tons of native perennials that just bloom. Uh, one of my favorites right now, a lot of people call it uh, showy evening primrose or Mexican primrose. Big, flat, pink flowers and big masses of them all along the roadside. And it'll grow with spiderwort. It'll grow on top of spiderwort. But, uh, you know, so there's a whole bunch of really good ones. You want something that's going to bloom for a long time. And one of, to me, one of the best is not a native, but it comes back every year, blooms a long time. It's called lantana. See, so if you put one lantana plant out there, one goldenrod, leave some of the spiderwort, then you'll have a nice little all-year garden. Uh, uh, what about native pollinators? All, all, all of those are native pollinators. Oh, okay. Yeah, all, all of them. Okay. All right, Tim. One more question uh, on this surprise lilies. Can I? Would it be okay to dig them up now to thin them out? Because they've been taking the whole damn gum front flower bed over. Okay. Is this the pink one that blooms in the summer, the big one, or there's the smaller red one in the fall? Uh, the one that blooms in the summer. With the big old pink. Yeah, some people call those magic lilies or naked ladies, what they call them a lot. Okay. The leaves are probably starting to flop over right now, maybe turn yellow. As soon yeah. as they do that, you can dig them. And they're making their flower bud right now. As soon as the leaves turn yellow or flop over, they've got this summer's flower bud. And while you can still tell where they are, that's the best time to dig them. All right. Uh, uh, now, one more question. All my debris and all that, I'm going to start me a compost pile instead of taking to the curb. Yeah. And uh, uh, is there any rules about starting a compost pile? Because I ain't never done one before. Yeah, keep in mind that it's just a leaf pile. You know, it happens in the woods. Limbs and branches and pine cones and leaves and all this stuff fall down, and they compost naturally in place. All we're doing is just sort of piling it, concentrating it. So the more stuff you mix together the better it's going to work. If you just pile all leaves, they'll they'll compost, but it takes a while. But you throw some grass clippings. I've got mine uh, by my by my gate, and when I walk out this morning, I throw my banana peel on top of it. I throw old broccoli and the, the, the stuff you cut out of pepper. You know, I just throw all my vegetable scraps and my weeds and my flowers and just all sorts of stuff. And uh, if you keep it, if you put like a, a little fence around three sides of it, maybe some hardware cloth, it looks neater. And it stays in place better. You can have fewer probably raccoons scattering it around. But mainly, it's just pile stuff up. Oh, and, I think you have a good day. Oh, no, no. Oh, I got to tell you that if your neighbors oh. can see it, put a sign out there saying compost so they don't complain about you. Let you know, Interpret it for your neighbors. Oh, okay. Okay. Appreciate <laughs> it, David. Uh, all right. Do you Alma. mix dirt in the compost pile? Yeah, I mean, I th- you throw, you know, if you throw a little dirt on top of it, inoculate. What 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 makes leaves break down? Java is bacteria, beneficial bacteria, and fungi and worms and stuff. And if you don't have that there, it takes a while for dust to to bring it. Mm-hmm. So if you throw a little dirt or old compost on top, then it sort of inoculates it with the stuff that does the work. Okay. So every now and then, I just throw some old compost on top. 
But uh, there's only two rules for composting. There's books on composting, and I can make your eyes bleed with thermophilic bacteria and bioactivation and carbon nitrogen ratio and terror, turning and aerating and blah, 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 blah. But there's only two rules. Stop throwing that stuff away. Pile it up somewhere. It's a leaf pile. But what does not go in the compost pile? Broken glass. <laughs> Okay. You know, they say don't put weeds in there. Uh, because why? Because it'll introduce weeds to your yard. I already got them in my yard, okay? So it's not that big a deal. They say don't put meat in there because it stinks. I put a raccoon in mine, but I buried it. And next spring, it wasn't nothing but teeth and bones left. So anyway, the, my rule of thumb is uh, put, a, put some Mardi Gras beads in it. So you'll find them every year or two, and then throw them back through. But I, I don't put broken glass in mine, and that's about it. Okay. And people say, well, you can't do that. Well, I did it. There you go. Let's take a little break. Why am I so excitable today, Java? It's a big weekend, man. Yeah. You know, I'm, we, we, you know, got the, the Monel Garden plant sale. Mm-hmm. All Saturday morning, and then sing at the at the uh, the Clyde Muse. There's no easy way to say it. The Clyde Muse Auto Center. S- Center. Just say Center. Yeah. It's uh, the the big place for Heinz Community College in Pearl. Take the airport exit or from Highway 80, and it's the left. I mean, it's south. Right before you get the interstate, it'll have some balloons and signs. Google it. Google it. M-U-S-E. No, Google Jackson Home Show. There you go, and it will come up. Jackson Home Show. Hope to see y'all there. I'm giving my talk at 1030. Jason and them are doing uh, uh, Fix It 101. At 9. At 9. We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Garden right after this. Got a line open, too. Give us a call. Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, is a show that explores issues that relate to you and your family. To find out what we're all about, subscribe to the podcast by using any podcast app or by downloading our MPB public media app. All right, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's failed to rushing. Uh, let's go down to Mobile and see what Dave's up to. Good morning, sir. Uh, good morning, Felder. It's been quite a while. Uh Hope you're doing well. So far, so good. I got a little, little excitable there for a minute. I'm trying to calm down. So what you got going on? Talk to me about knockout roses. I have, uh, you know, in recent years given up trying to grow roses here in Mobile with all the problems. But it sounds like the knockouts may, you know, be, uh, you know, a good possibility. Well, knockouts are certainly durable. You know, they get, they're they resistant to black spot, which is important. And they bloom all the right. time, and they got good flowers, good foliage. So, you know, they're, they're, they're good roses. They're not the only one that will do that, but they're the most, the most obvious ones out there. So, you know, if you're not sure about roses at all, I would start with a knockout. But there's, there's a good dozen or so others that have different color flowers, different growth habits. Some are uh, climbers, like the Katrina Rose. Uh, a lot of people right. call it Peggy Martin. Uh, I picked one up at a, a garden center just north of Jackson called Martinson's, Martinson's Garden Works. Big, pretty, uh, and, and they're disease-free. So there's a, there's oh, a good dozen or 15 that are absolutely dependable. Knockout is just the one that's most commonly sold. So that's one you see the most of. Right. Now, uh, you know, all of the literature says you don't need to deadhead, uh, and I have a hard time with that. Uh, you know, should you uh, 
uh, you know, just for appearance and yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, that's just that that's a, that's a that's a personal grooming issue. It's not <laughs> not a not a requirement. It's just like plucking eyebrows. Some people don't, and some people do. Some people shave them off, put them in different parts of their faces. But no, that's just a that's just grooming, you know. And uh, and if it gets you outdoors. You know, smelling stuff, seeing stuff, hearing stuff, you know, connecting with nature, go, you know, especially if you got a nice cool drink in the other hand, go for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've already got, uh, I know you're a big Selvia uh, fan. Uh, I'm a fan of all of them. All all easy blooming plants. I'm a fan. Right. Well, we've got Selvia already blooming. Good. So, uh, yeah. All righty. Okay. Well, enjoy it. As always. Uh, you know, thanks for the help. You bet. Appreciate it, Dave. See you later. And let's talk to Gretchen. I think we've got time to talk to Gretchen. Uh, what? Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Felder. How are y'all? I'm, we're so far so good. Kind of running out of time though, and sorry about that. But what can we help you with? Just real quick, I live in. Uh, I have a little place down in Snow Lake, Mississippi, mm-hmm. between uh, Holly Springs and Ashland. Yeah. And I've got some lady banks that I'm trying to grow, and I came down this weekend, and it's covered in all kinds of caterpillars. And there's fact, there's caterpillars all over everywhere. Yeah, all over the porch, all over right. the trees, right? Everywhere. All and over the all over the state, all over the south. Yeah, and it's uh, completely eaten the yeah. all of the lady banks. Okay, what well, can let, I safely spray on it? Okay, first of all, you can get this stuff called BT. It only kills caterpillars, and it's natural. Or if they're an inch or so long, they're at the end of what they're done. They've already done all the damage. Just ignore them and let the birds have them. Once they get a certain size, you don't really need to do much about it. Well, how do I save my lady banks? Well, lady banks are real durable. They need every leaf off of them, and it'll come back. Okay, and it won't bother the blooms that we're forming? Lady banks should have already been done blooming by now. They bloom in late winter, early spring. Okay, it's it's pretty young, so maybe it's not quite there yet. Yeah. Okay, yeah. wonderful. All right, I'll get some BT. Okay, appreciate your call. Thanks, okay. Gretchen. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. She said good luck. It ain't a matter of luck. It's a matter of having fun, and that's what we're going to do at the uh, Jackson Home Show. Google it. <laughs> uh, Fix It 101 broadcast live at 9. Uh, gonna have some, and by the way, they're gonna have the Felder Rushing, the Gestalt Gardener, big old green, uh, uh, what do you call it, bandana? Yeah, your bandana, the bandana. handkerchief. We also yeah. got the the uh, step and repeat. You can take your pictures in yeah. front of the, the uh, Gestalt Gardener logo. Yeah, so this will be a Fix lot of fun. Fix the 101 logo. It's going to be fun. Come down and meet us, folks. You have a good weekend. Get out, plant some stuff, inch by inch, row by row. That's all it takes, one step in front of the other. A lot of really good plants at garden centers. I've been to several this week. whole bunch of cool stuff blooming in the yard, magnolia trees. Take a kid to a garden center or a far- and a farmer's market and let them meet people who do what we do best and show them how to join us as we get dirty. See you all next week.